Hi, this is Amy Beheimer, and you are listening to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health. Habit 31. Track it. Welcome to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health, a podcast to help you shift from managing autoimmune disease to creating autoimmune health using the power of everyday habits. I'm your host, Amy Beheimer, a coach and doctor of pharmacy on a mission to create health and happiness with multiple sclerosis. Here we focus on everyday lifestyle habits proven to help the mind and body heal from the cell up without sacrificing the true joys of life along the way. To create autoimmune health in the mind and body, you have to be great at one thing, the skill of mastering habits. That's why each episode includes everything you need to do just that, evidence-based information and real-life inspiration from the experience of my guests, my clients, and yours truly. All habit heroes brave enough to turn a desire for health into daily decisions to create it. Let's have some fun. Welcome back, everybody, to another habit, another episode here on the Habit Hub. So before we jump into today's habit, I wanted to give a follow-up on habit 28, which was just turn it off with Tommy G. If you haven't listened, head back and do so because we really have so many great gems in that episode. But in order to give you my update, I have a spoiler alert. The it in just turn it off was our phones. And I left that conversation with Tommy having committed to just turn it off in the evenings after work before dinner when I'm hanging with my husband. So I did it and I wanted to share the good and not so good that happened when I did it. The good, I really had undistracted time with my husband. He happened to get a call from work and instead of scrolling or checking email like I usually would have if he got up to do something else, I picked up a book that was sitting by my chair and I read a chapter. So that was a good benefit of just turning it off. The not so good, I had forgot about an Instacart delivery that was coming. And with my phone turned off, I didn't get the text reminder. So my poor groceries sat on the porch for a few extra hours. Luckily, no groceries were sacrificed with this habit, but it was a good reminder that we need to have a backup plan. So I'd love to hear from you. Have you tried turning it off? Did you have any good findings? If so, I want to hear them. But on to today's episode. Today we are going to make the habit of tracking it. My next several solo episodes will be ones that I am honestly working on for me, and hopefully you will resonate with them and get to work on them too, or others that are speaking to you. Some of these habits are going to be new, some I'm revisiting because honestly they've fallen away and I really would like to get back to them. I'm really careful not to use the terminology of on the wagon, off the wagon, because I really do challenge my clients not to use that terminology, so I'm challenging myself to do the same. One perspective that I try to consider is that if a habit that I loved isn't a habit anymore, I try to find the ways maybe it was meant to take a backseat. I like to think that maybe moving those to the background help make room for others to get a turn in my focus, my VIH focus, which is my very important habit. I've never used that term before, but I kind of like it. One example that may seem silly, but really it's not, it's flossing. I was never a flosser until I used the habit of tracking, and then I became a devout flosser. 
A while back, I thought, I really don't need to be tracking this anymore. I do it every day. It's a solid habit. So I took flossing off of my daily tracker and poof, six months later, I was no longer flossing. And that's after years of flossing. So instead of getting frustrated that the habit was gone, I'm just excited that I actually know what works. I just have to do it. It's back on my tracker. And once again, I'm confident I will be a flosser. So let's get to the what of today's habit. I like to consider tracking it as a habit that helps all other habits. Putting pen to paper or finger to phone screen, if you happen to use an app, tracking can help all other habits. This may be by the day, maybe tracking for the week, maybe the month, whatever time frame makes sense for the habit that you're working on. Maybe some are even multiple times per day, but it's tracking to see if what I plan to do or not do, if the commitments I made to myself, I'm tracking to see did I follow through on those. So what are we going to be tracking? This is totally personal and you may need to play around with what makes sense for you but I suggest anything that you want to hardwire as a habit can be tracked. Personally, I run the risk of tracking too much. And obviously, I've recently proven that I run the risk of not tracking enough. I thought that I could track less, like flossing, and keep the habit going, but I've actually lost quite a few. So now I have a new respect for my beloved tracker, and I'm bringing it back right alongside with you. So what's the sweet spot for tracking? That is something that I and you will likely need to experiment with and decide for ourselves. I like the idea of checking in and asking at regular intervals, what am I tracking? Is it still serving me? And what can I track that maybe I'm not tracking that I can add that can help me make a habit? I'm going to run through some examples of what things can be tracked, but I'll also say anything is fair game. So really make this work for you. One thing that I like to track is thoughts. What thoughts do I want to be thinking more? What beliefs do I want to really lean into? This is the how of shifting a mindset about something. Another thing that we can track is feelings. How was I feeling when I did a certain thing? Or how was I feeling when I didn't do a certain thing? What we can learn from feelings, if we allow them to be the amazing teachers that they are, is huge if we take the time to actually track them. And another thing that we absolutely can track are our actions or our habits. What did I do? What did I not do? For me, I group my habits into six categories and surprise, surprise, they match the six spokes of the habit hub. I have yet to find a habit that doesn't make sense into one of the spokes. So I pulled up my actual tracker to give a few examples. Again, these are not the thing for you to track. This is personal, but I'm hoping that sharing mine can give you an idea. And these are just a couple. I actually have a pretty long tracker as I take on this new year. And again, I'll likely have to pare it back and reassess to find what the sweet spot is. But for me right now, it feels more loving to add more items to my tracker list with the hopes that it will help build that habit. So for spoke one, mindset matters. Things I'm tracking is meditating, getting coached, journaling. And again, these have different frequencies and we'll have to decide what makes sense for you. For spoke two, food is medicine. Each week I track when I am eating organ meats, when I'm eating fermented foods for my gut health, or the number of servings of fish with high omega-3 that I want to consume. 
again using food as medicine. Spoke three, movement as medicine. I'll be tracking when I'm stretching, when I'm taking walks, every day I'm hoping, and when I am lifting weights or doing strength training. Spoke four for me, rest and relaxation, includes a new one. I'm trying to intentionally ensure that I have a bit of play in each of my days, whether that's a puzzle, whether that's reading a book, whether that's cross-stitching. And another thing I track is which days do I plan and follow through to give myself intentional rest. Spoke five is connection. I'm tracking date nights with my husband, and I track being sure I get on the phone with my 16-year-old nephew. And spoke six, good stresses. I track how many times I take a cold shower, how many times I really lean in and feel a difficult emotion and not avoid it. And I track how many times I get into the sauna. So as your coach, I really can help you make any habit a reality. But first, you really have to know what for yourself that habit is. If you're not sure what you want to be tracking, here's a few options to consider. The first is head back to last week's episode, Habit 30. Plan the new year through your new values filter. That can really help us get clear on what we want to include on our habit tracker. Another option is consider joining me inside Club Habit Hub. Yes, a big part of the club is to come up with how we actually make habits. But before that, we really take time to decide what habits we want to make as well as why we want to make them. So we've covered the what of Track It. Now let's get to the why. Research shows that tracking supports changing behaviors, but why? The first is awareness. When we slow down to shine our light or our attention on what we're working to make a habit, that's a key first step to change. I once had a leader say that you have to inspect what you expect with team members. And the same is true here. We need to inspect what we expect from ourselves. And we need to let ourselves know that it's important enough for us to inspect it. Second reason why tracking helps us change is that tracking is a way to give our brains feedback, which is a form of a reward. When we reward ourselves for doing something, it improves performance. It can be as simple as physically crossing a goal off a to-do list. It's visual, it's tactile, and it screams to ourselves, I did that. Our brains love this feedback, and it gives us a hit of dopamine to say, I want more, or do that again, please. So tracking increases motivation by laying down new thought tracks. These are new neural pathways through neuroplasticity that creates new thoughts and beliefs and a mindset that has you feeling motivated and proud and determined. And the other good thing is that tracking like this is an internal reward that ends up fueling even more of the habit that we're working on. It can be dangerous if we use too many external rewards when we're trying to form habits, especially when the external reward can undermine the habit. Think of maybe a time when you rewarded yourself for eating healthy with something that was unhealthy. This is different because we are using tracking, which is an internal reward, not external. The third reason why tracking helps us change is that it helps sort out data versus drama. So what do I mean by that? At the end of the week, your brain may give you a report on how you did eating-wise. Let's say you're trying to eat healthy. Your brain may say, oh, I ate terrible this week. That's the drama side. What's the data? The data may be you ate dessert that you didn't plan to three days this week. That means that four days you didn't eat dessert. That's huge and needs to be recognized. That's the data. 
our minds will love to create drama. And when we look at the data, we get to celebrate the wins and get super clear on what we learned from the not-so-winning moments. Tracking can also protect us against over-dramatizing or under, just the data, just the facts. Then we get to decide from a state of calm what we want to do with that information. And the last reason why tracking can help us is that it can give us an excuse to connect to others and to share what we're working on. Do we want to share with everyone what we're tracking? Probably not. But sharing with the people that are in your corner, rooting for you to win, relating to you when you didn't maybe feel like a winner, is huge. Habit tracking progress with others or involving your friends and family in the process can really enhance accountability and increase how successful we are. So in my spaces, I really strive to create a safe space to really get the benefits of being in presence of others that are going through what you're going through. It matters a whole lot less what we're actually tracking. For some of us, it may be food or rest or exercise. What matters more is that we're connecting on the feelings we get from being vulnerable and sharing. Because I guarantee you, in our community, in the club, everyone can relate to feeling disappointed if they don't meet their goal or frustrated, and they can definitely relate to that feeling of sheer joy and pride when they do. So we've covered the what and the why. Let's get to the how. Step one, decide what you want to track. If this is new to you, start small. Maybe it's only one thing. Maybe it's a couple things. But first is deciding what you want to track. Step two, decide how you will track it. Again, this is personal. Will you use pen and paper? Do you have a journal you love? Do you already have a planner and you can add it right there? Will it be on your nightstand? Where makes sense in your day for you to track? Another option is apps. I have no affiliation, but there is a habit tracking app that I just love. It's called Daystamp. And I have downloaded and used many. And Daystamp, um, time and time again, proves to be very customizable and very pleasing to the way my brain works. So just an idea to try. And with my clients, we use a shared traction report. It's a place to hold our bigger zoomed out goals and our habit goals for the day or for the week all in one place. Step three, start tracking. And step four, plan to reflect and celebrate and evaluate how it's going along the way. So on to our do of the day. Let's try it. Don't be tempted to skip over this. All the whys and the science and the research in the world can never replace the feeling of trying it. So write down your top goal, the habit you're working to make. We've talked about it before that we should all know what that is immediately. We want to keep what's important to us and what we're working towards top of mind. Or maybe for this, you want to pick one that has really felt tough and you've kind of struggled in terms of making a habit and try it out for a week. I shared a few ways to do it, but really there is no right or wrong other than not doing it or only trying to do it in your head. It's got to be outside of you. It's got to exist in the world. And I suggest committing to trying a few different ways. Maybe the first way you try doesn't resonate or doesn't stick. But don't give up. There is too much good research that tracking it can help us. And so I just ask, if if one way doesn't work, let's try committing together to try a few different ways. And as always, before you say something doesn't work, Really ask yourself if you really did the work it takes, because if you don't work, it won't work. That's for sure. So I'm going to close by highlighting one of Gretchen Rubin's 21 strategies for habit change, and that's the strategy of other people. 
Strategy of Other People says your habits rub off on other people and their habits rub off on you. Associate with people who follow the habits you want to adopt. So how can you use this strategy and surround yourself with people whose habits you want to rub off on you? I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The club can absolutely be your new home for making health a habit. And a quote to end. I.M. Pei is an architect, and he says, success is just a collection of problems solved. So if we're defining success as feeling healthy and happy, I know that that's how I'm defining it when it comes to habits. We need a way to collect our problems solved, and tracking is a great first step. So consider, how are you keeping track of your collection of habits that you are making and breaking that are leading to your success? That's all I have today. I'm off to go track and would love to hear from you if you're inspired to do the same. Let me know if this is helpful. Until next week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Habit Hub. I am forever grateful for the time, energy, and attention you share with me. Are you ready to take what you learn here on The Habit Hub to the next level and apply it? I'd love to invite you to feel the magic that happens when I wish becomes I will by joining me inside Club Habit Hub, your home for making health a habit. I'll teach you, coach you, guide you, and cheer you on as you learn and take action to create autoimmune health in your mind and body so you can feel better today and worry less about tomorrow. Head to www.amybeheimercoaching.com forward slash join to get access to the coaching curriculum and community waiting for you inside Club Habit Hub. I'll see you inside. And one last thing, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode where I just might cover the habit your body has been waiting for. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to help other warriors find us here. Special thanks to my editor, Sarah. The Habit Hub is a production of Amy Beheimer Coaching, LLC. Talk soon.